up to Psalm chapter 150, Psalm chapter 150. I was looking for that scripture. I know it's in Isaiah. It says that uh, he, the Bible says, my, my thought, or my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And what a great truth uh, that, that God doesn't really think like we do. And, uh, and sometimes I'm really, I'm glad he doesn't, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, could you imagine what a mess we'd be in if God thought the way we did? Boy, what a, that's scary, isn't it? Um, boy, I'm glad he doesn't, I'll tell you that. Um, this morning, we're going to look at uh, a tribute, really, of praise as we think about Thanksgiving this week, and uh, we should remember that uh, we, ought to, we ought to remember to thank the Lord for His goodness to us. Uh, so oftentimes, you know, we, we thank people for physical things, and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Uh, and sometimes physical things are easy to see. Uh, they're easy to grasp, they're easy to understand, they're easy to be thankful for, and sometimes God does stuff for us that, uh, that we can't see. And, uh, and sometimes it's not physical, it's not palpable, it's not something that is concrete, but nonetheless we ought to be thankful uh, for the many blessings that He gives to us. And so as we think about this, uh, I want us to be thankful for that and, and, and look at the thanksgiving that we can give to God. The word thankful means this. In the dictionary, it's, it's written down as the definition is this. Grateful, impressed with a sense of kindness received and ready to acknowledge it. And the word praise is very closely related to that, almost synonymous, if you will, because the word praise means commendations bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. And the second definition is the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred. And, uh, and so certainly they're very closely related. When you look up uh, thankfulness and thankfuls and thanks in the Word of God, it certainly shows up. But when you, look up, when you look up praise throughout the Word of God, boy, how extensive the Bible is full of praise being given back to God. And of course, we think of the Psalms. And uh, as I was thinking about this, uh, let's go to Psalm 150 and let's read our text here. Psalm 150 and verse number 1. The Bible says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Let's stop and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for Your goodness to us. God, if we really pause and if we really think about the many blessings, God, there are so many blessings, truly, for which we ought to be thankful for. God's salvation being at the very top of that list, that you would love us, that you would care for us enough to send your Son to die on the cross of Calvary. God, that we would be saved and that we would be born again. God, what, a, a, what an extensive love that you have shown towards us. God, may we be grateful for that love. God, there's, there's so many blessings that we have. 
God, we live in one of the greatest nations. And God, I'm aware that our nation is not what uh, everything that she should be. And God, I'm aware of the direction and the change. But God, nonetheless, we still have the freedom to preach your word. We still have the freedom uh, to, to sing praises openly to you. And God, we have the freedom to go on the street and proclaim the name and the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world. God, we have all that freedom. And God, you've blessed us with so much. God, I pray that you'd help us to be thankful. I pray that you would help us to give praise back to you for the many, many blessings, God. And those are big national blessings, but God, we could go on for hours about the individual blessings in the lives of each and every person. And God, truly, how great a God you are. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, for the next few moments, I pray that our, our minds, our hearts, and our eyes, God, would be turned to heaven and giving back a praise for all that you've blessed us with. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we think about this psalm and Psalm 150, it's been, uh, it's been titled as the, uh, the high point of all the psalms. Uh, it ends on a high note of great praise being given back to God. As I was thinking about this passage, I was thinking, really, uh, why is it that, that it's so easy to uh, be ingrateful? Or, or how, why is it that it's so easy to not give praise to God? And I thought of just two reasons, and they're not indictments so much as just uh, something for us to be mindful. Number one, I think that one of the problems, and this is not the message, but just the introduction, one of the problems and one of the thieves of our gratitude, if I could say it that way, is that we are just simply busy in life. I would go a step further and say really too busy many times. And uh, we simply do not slow down long enough to recognize the blessings of God in our life. And when we do have uh, any time, it's like we fill every minute second with other things instead of stopping and saying, you know what, God's been good to me. I, I wasn't going to use this, but I, I was looking, I grabbed some Thanksgiving tracks. By the way, there's some Thanksgiving tracks. Grab a few and hand them out this week, all right? Uh, I grabbed one of these, and I like to look at the tracks, and I think this was the one. It was not, but there's one back there. Um, it figures, right? I got five, and, and it's uh, the one I pulled out. It wasn't it. But uh, I, I like to look at them and say, well, is this giving the gospel? Because some of them are just kind of giving information, and uh, uh, this one does give the gospel. But one of them I pulled out, and, and, uh, and, and it gave Thanksgiving, and then it had a list where you could actually write stuff down. And I thought, boy, what a good thing uh, to stop and say, you know, what, what are some things that we're grateful for? What are some things that God has done in our life? Every time we stop uh, in the busyness of our life, we stop, we usually do something else. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll think about this or think about that. Or many times you just get on social media and, and scroll everyone else's life instead of uh, looking at your own and saying, you know what, God has blessed me here and God has blessed me there. And so many times I think one of the greatest thieves of our gratitude is simply this, just the busyness of our life. And I'm, I'm really, I'm grateful that our nation has a holiday in which we stop 
and we say, God, we're thankful. And as Christians, we ought to say, God, we are thankful and grateful for what God has done for us. I think busyness is one of the greatest thieves of our gratitude. I think the second thief of our gratitude is that of advertising. And that is, they constantly are bombarding us with everything, the new and best thing that you got to have, that you're not content with what you do have. And they're constantly trying to sell you this and sell you that, and, and that is really their job. I mean, it, you can't get away from it. It's not just on TV, it's on radio, it's on billboards, it's everywhere you go. Uh, you walk into a store and they're bombarding you uh, with, with all of the newest, latest gadgets and this and that uh, that you just got to have. And so many times I think uh, we become ungrateful for what we do have because we are bombarded with all the new stuff and gadgets that are out. So just to be aware of those two thieves that will steal your gratitude, set those aside and be thankful this week. And I'm glad, as I said, that we have a holiday that we ought to, that we can pause and, and give thanks to God. The Bible does say this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so I can tell you, uh, biblically, soundly, that hey, it's God's will for you to pause, for me to pause, and say, thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that we have in our life. And name them, write them down, think about them, and be grateful for each and every one of them. As we look here at this psalm, uh, Psalm 150, I want to take a moment and just kind of go through this and, uh, and get a few of the points out of here. One of the points that I think is, stands out most is in verse number one, and that is the instructions of praise. You know, he's given us some instructions uh, about praising uh, God. And the first thing that we notice is the person to be praised. Look there in verse number one, he says, praise ye the Lord. What a great verse that we are to stop. Uh, listen, many times I mentioned earlier, we're, we're, we're quick to thank other people. Uh, you know, you walk into a store and, and somebody stops and holds the door for you and you say, well, thank you. And there's not, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it. By the way, more people should be grateful for little things like that. Uh, but, but oftentimes, uh, we don't stop because we don't see the many blessings uh, of, of God in our life. And we ought to, the Bible says, praise the Lord. Matter of fact, it's mentioned three times in this passage. In verse number one, he says, praise ye the Lord. In verse number six, he says, praise the Lord. In verse number six, the last part, he says, praise ye the Lord. Listen, if God's repeating it that many times, there must be something serious to that, that we ought to pause in our life and we ought to give thanks to God. I was reminded of the, uh, uh, the story in the New Testament, a uh, true story. That, uh, that the lepers had come to Jesus and, and Jesus said, uh, go wash in the pool of Siloam and, and then go show yourself unto the priests and, and, and you'll be healed. And so they went and did that thing and they were healed. Uh, actually, it was, it was, yeah, it was 10 lepers in Luke chapter 12. Uh, 10 lepers were healed. And then it goes on in Luke chapter 12 and it says in verse number 15, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. This is not the right verse. Certainly not. 
It is Luke chapter 12. Let me flip over there. If you're fast, you can turn over there. Luke chapter 12. Yep, it might not be Luke chapter 12. Well, there's your homework, all right? Find it, and uh, it is in there. I can assure you that. It's in the Bible that, uh, that those, those ten lepers were healed. And, uh, and the Bible says that only one of them came back and said thanks. What is it? 1711, thank you. That's not even dyslexia. I don't even know how I got... 1215, all right? That's, I can't even bl blame dyslexia. Sometimes I'll, I'll twist my numbers, but that's not... I have no idea that, about that. So 1711, there's the 10 lepers right there. And, and he says in verse number 14 and verse number 15, uh, go down to 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now we all have to thank Mrs. Isom. She just did your homework for you, all right? Um, uh, Luke 17, 15, and 16 are those verses. Uh, listen, he stopped, and, and he, he went back, and he fell down on his face. And I love the way it's worded there, that he glorified God. Boy, how we ought to glorify God. And give thanks and reiterate praise to God. Uh, listen, as I said, it's not wrong to thank other people. But listen, uh, so many times we omit the very fact that we ought to be praising the Lord. Yesterday my dad sent a text, uh, a group text to my, myself and my brother and my other brother. And, and, uh, and he said, praise the Lord. Uh, he said, I got a four point. And I'm dragging him out. And, uh, and I, I responded and I said, praise the Lord and, and uh, take your time dragging him out. Don't, don't go too fast. And, and, uh, and, so, uh, and then pretty soon somebody else popped up and said, I think you have the wrong number. I have no idea who got that text and that picture, but you know what? Hey, they know that we're praising the Lord for something physical that happened. You say, you think God can, can bless a hunter getting a deer? Listen, God can bless you in so many ways that we don't give him enough praise for what he does to us. And he can bless and he can do many things. And listen, you can praise the Lord when you find a sale at Walmart, all right? And find something that happens in your life. I'm just saying that there are you, we ought to be giving praise to God. So many times we think of the big things, but there's little things as well. Uh, and this leper certainly had a big thing that he went back and he praised God publicly. And he fell on his face and he glorified God. And the Bible goes on to say and make a point of it, that he was a Samaritan. Listen, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't get along. But here's a Samaritan that said, hey, praise God for his blessings. Listen, we're Gentiles. We're not even Samaritans. But we can praise God. We're commanded to praise God. We're commanded to give him thanks. And listen, God has saved us. If you're saved and you're born again uh, on your very worst day, Hey, you still have a home promised you in heaven. And God is, he's, the Bible said, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Praise the Lord. Hey, he's going to prepare a place for you. If you're saved and born again, you have reason to praise the Lord because he's preparing a place for you. And listen, if he's left you here, hey, he ain't done with it yet. He's still working on it, but he promised this, that he will come again. And we have that to look forward to as Christians as well. Sometimes we get down and discouraged about things, but I'm telling you this, God has, God has told us, he's commanded us, praise ye the Lord. God is worthy of our praise. And we ought to praise the Lord. I want you to notice this, not only the person to be praised, but I want you to notice the place of the praise. It's interesting here. He says, uh, praise God in his sanctuary. A sanctuary was simply a sacred place of worship of God. Listen, since the beginning of time, God has had a place of worship. Uh, he's had a place. He started out with an altar that he would command man to bring an altar and bring a lamb and sacrifice that to God. That was the place of worship. And then eventually, hey, they made the, uh, the tabernacle that was made out of tents and they would pick it up and they would travel as Israel moved from place to place. And finally, when God gave them the promised land, in Israel uh, that Solomon took and, and David had collected all the materials and Solomon uh, had had the opportunity to build a temple to God and he had a place that he was to be worshipped. Hey, listen, now it is the church. And listen, the church is not the only place that you can praise God, but it is commanded that you praise God in his sanctuary. So I don't want to say that you can't praise God at home, but a lot of people have replaced church with home. A lot of people, I, I've talked to people and, and, uh, and they say, well, you know, I, I, I like to hunt and I like to fish and, and you know what, I'll, I'll be in the woods and I'll be praising the Lord. Listen, the woods and the house and, and all the other places, yes, you can praise the Lord, but it is not a replacement for the church. God has commanded us to praise the Lord where? In the sanctuary. Hey, we are to praise the Lord every Sunday, uh, every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night that we gather in this place. You know what we do? Uh, we grab this hymn book and Brother Brenton says, uh, hey, turn to this page and we start singing this song. You know what we're doing? It is an opportunity for you to use your voice to praise God for the goodness that he has blessed you with in this life. I tell you what, we sing those songs a couple weeks ago. We learned a new song. It was, uh, He Took My Sins Away. I I've known it. I've sung it before. But uh, man, what a blessing. I, I sang that song. I hope you woke up this week singing that song. Uh, we sang that song. And, and man, I just thinking about the words of it, what a blessing to know. Hey, He took my sins away. He took my sins away. What a, what a joyful thought to remember. Hey, that is praising God. That's something to sing about. That's something to praise His name about. And I'm just saying, as we gather here in the church house, that is one of the opportunities that we have, yea, even a privilege that we have to be able to praise the Lord with our voice. You say, preacher, I can't sing. Open up and let her fly anyways. Because we're commanded to praise God. Hey, you know what? You know how you learn to sing? By doing it. You get better at it. And nobody is, well, most people aren't born singers and just know how to sing. It takes practice and it takes singing. And, and, and having that time to praise the Lord is an opportunity to praise God in the sanctuary like He commanded us to do 
And certainly it is the place uh, that God has commanded us. Just a few notes on the church. It's interesting because Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18. And I, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, there's so many promises about the church. Uh, listen, when uh, in Acts chapter number 2, uh, the Bible says that Peter preached and it was a gathering, an assembling of the church people. Uh, it was the church assembled and gathered and Peter was preaching. And the Bible says that God, uh, the Lord, added unto the church such as should be saved. Or added unto it, rather, referring to the church. And I'm just saying, it goes on in, in, in Acts chapter, uh, I forget where it is, around 15 or 17, and it says that God shed His blood for the church. He talks about in Ephesians chapter number 5, uh, and He talks about the relationship of the husband and the wife, and He says that the husband is to love the wife, uh, and, and He goes on and He references the church and how, uh, listen, that, that Christ is the head of the church, and I'm just saying that God makes a big deal about the church in the Bible. We ought not neglect the praising of God in His sanctuary. It's so important. He made a point of saying it. Praise Him in the sanctuary. We're looking at the instructions. Listen, we're not only to praise, uh, the, the instructions are to praise the Lord. The instructions are to praise Him in His sanctuary. Uh, listen, what is the intention of the praise? Look with me at verse number 2. Uh, there in verse number 2 it says, Praise Him for His mighty acts Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. You can praise God for two reasons in verse number 2. The first is His power. Boy, I read the Bible, and I'm amazed. By the way, let me encourage you, read the Bible. Read it all the way through. Start at Genesis and go, go all the way through. You don't have to start in Genesis, but, but make sure you read every single book of the Bible. I am telling you, it is amazing in our, our family devotions. We've been reading through the book of Genesis, and, and I don't know how many times I've read the book of Genesis, probably 50 times or more. And, and every time I read it, I'm amazed at God's power. It just amazes me, the things that He does. Hey, listen, you read about the power of God. When you spend time reading the Word of God, uh, you can just be amazed time and time again. There's some things uh, that aren't, aren't worth reading once, uh, much less twice. Uh, but let me tell you something. The Word of God is worth reading over and over and over again and finding the power of God. But listen, it's not just the power of God that's contained in the Word of God. But listen, it's the power of God in His working in your life. You think about the power that God has. When I read the Old Testament, I read some of the miracles. I'm amazed, to be honest with you. The Red Sea is probably one of the greatest that I would like to see. I was talking to my son the other day, and he was talking about Elijah and, and him calling down fire from heaven. Man, what a great miracle. After he put uh, some seven, seven barrels of water on top of that sacrifice and prayed, and God called down, uh, or God sent down fire from heaven and devoured. And the Bible says that the flames licked up every drop of water around that altar. I'm just saying God's powerful. 
And God is, is worthy. And then Jesus walking on the water and Jesus calming the storm uh, of the disciples. Uh, and listen, I'm just saying, uh, God is a very powerful God and there's many things that He did. I mean, do you think about this? The fact that He forgave you from your sins. Think about this. I want you to take the worst person that has offended you. I mean, they verbally attacked you. They verbally went against you. They meant to hurt you. Their, their objective was to hurt you. Listen, all of mankind did that to God. You say, well, I didn't do that. Oh, we did. Every sin. What is sin? Sin is an offense committed against God. God defines sin. God defines righteousness. God defines what is right and wrong. And every time we go against what God has defined is right, then we have offended God and we've gone against God. But he said, I love you and I want to forgive you. What a powerful, powerful amount of love that God shows to us. Simply in forgiving us of our offenses against him. What an incredible God we have. It goes better than that. He rose from the dead. Listen, there's been several people in the Bible that were risen from the dead. There there was Lazarus that Jesus said, come forth. Uh, There were other people even in the Old Testament, hey, that that God had given them more life. Uh, You can think of of time and time again in the Bible where God gave... uh, people life, but nonetheless, nobody, none of them of their own power brought themselves out of the grave. You talk about a miracle, you talk about power, that Jesus Christ of his own accord stepped forth out of that grave. You say, wait a minute, the Bible says that God raised him from the dead. It does. It also says the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. It also said that Jesus Christ raised himself from the dead because these three are one and they are all God and God would bring himself back to life. It's just an amazing feat that no man has ever been able to do. Only God can do that. What an amazing amount of power that he would raise from the dead. What an amazing amount of power that God would provide for us time and time again. The Bible says in Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Man, God has blessed us. And God is powerful, and He has reason that we should praise Him. Not only that, but I want you to notice, it says there, uh, praise praise Him for His mighty acts. But it goes on in the second phrase, and it says, praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Not only for His power, but praise Him for the person of who He is. But we don't have time to go through all the attributes of God. But can I tell you that God is one of the most amazing people you will ever meet. There's nobody better than God. I mean, you think about this, just three things really quick. We can think of the supremacy of God, but, but think of this, the omniscience of God. You know, men are admired for the knowledge that they have. You take some of the smartest men in this world and, and people are like, man, that guy is smart. I mean, well, we look up to him because he's smart. Can I tell you that God invented knowledge? He is supreme at knowledge. He is omniscient. There is nothing that God does not know. He knows everything. And can I tell you this? This is what amazes me. 
The Bible says that a sparrow does not fall that he doesn't pay attention to. Wow. That's a great guy. That's God. That's who I want to know. Omniscience. His omnipotence. Oh, we couldn't even begin to scratch the surface of God's omnipotence. Men are admired for their power and their ability to do things. But can I tell you something? You open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 1 and you read those first three verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Everything that's here, God made it. That's God. What a powerful God the stars that he hung in the sky, the fact that he holds everything, everyone's worried. Oh, the, 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 moon, the, the earth's only going to circle so many times and eventually, hey, we're going to collide into the sun and this and that and they got scales. Listen, God's holding it all together. He keeps them stars out there. How does he do it? I don't know. He's smarter than me. He's got it all figured out. He's powerful and he holds it all together and he keeps everything going. Uh, you, can, you can mark it down in 2 Kings. This is amazing to me. Chapter 20 and verses 9 through 11 when Hezekiah was sick and, and God said, listen, uh, I, or Hezekiah said, I, I, want you to, uh, I want you to show and, and God says, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to make the sun go forward uh, 10 degrees? And Hezekiah says, no, that'd be too easy. Why don't you make it go backwards? 10 degrees. And you know what? God did it. You say, how, how did God do it? I don't know how God did it. Don't ask me to explain it. I just know that it's recorded in his word. And if it says it, then he did it. That God made the revolution of the earth turn backwards 10 degrees so that the shadows change. I don't know how he did it all. But I'm just telling you, God is powerful enough to change the rotation of the earth and do whatever he wants because he is all powerful. And there's nobody more powerful than him. He's omnipresent. He fills the entire earth. I can't, I can't fathom that. You and I can't fathom that. We can't be in more than one place at one time. But God can be everywhere. The Bible says that He fills the presence of the earth. And then you think about this. Somebody that knowledgeable, that powerful, and that capability, and yet He loves and cares about you and I. That's really something. And what an amazing God it is that we serve. Praise Him because of the person for who He is. What a tremendous God. Praise Him for His mighty acts, for His power, for His person. That's the intention of the praise. Uh, we can notice the instruments of His praise. We don't have time to go into it all. But if you look there, 3 through 5 in our, in our psalm, praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And I'm just saying, listen, there's many types of instruments, and they could certainly be many things and there's many talents that are involved listen uh, you don't just sit down at the piano uh, and if you do man go for it because we, we could certainly use you. You don't just sit down at the piano and let those fingers roll and, and man, it just comes out. I mean, it takes time and it takes effort. And what I'm saying is, listen, the instruments that are provided and said that they praise God with those things, it took time to develop that ability so that they could praise God. And I'm saying, hey, He is worthy of investing our time and investing our talent into what God is because He's worthy of that praise. 
And all of those instruments, he said, hey, take the time to learn it. Take the time to use it for his honor and for his glory and praise the Lord with all those instruments. And I'll just say this, I'll throw it out for, 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 uh, because we're talking about instruments and music and music is certainly very important. There is music that does bring praise to God and there's music that is very godly music. You remember when... Uh, when had the bad spirit upon him he calls who David to come play his harp and he drives the bad spirit away and let me tell you something music can drive a bad spirit away if it's the right kind of music but listen just as the right kind of music can drive a bad spirit away the wrong kind of music can bring a bad spirit right in and I'm just saying music matters and it's important but he does say to take time to praise God with the instruments and with the talent that you have and the abilities that you have. We see the instruments of praise. But I want you to notice as well in verse number 6, he says there at the last, we see the inclusion of praise. He says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. There's no excuses. There's no saying, well, I'm absent from this class and I'm not going to praise the Lord because the only excuse you have for not praising God is because you don't have breath. By the way, if you're saved and you go to heaven, you can go all the way back up to verse number one. And he says there in the firmament of his power, that would be up in heaven, that they're also praising him. I forgot to include that, uh, that, that listen, the angels and the seraphims are sitting around his throne day and night, of course they don't have night up there, but day and night for our reference, and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, praising Him day and night. And listen, if you have breath on this earth, if you're alive on this earth, and you're, you're listening to the sound of my voice, God has included you that you ought to be praising Him for His goodness. Because I can tell you what, he's worthy of all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Listen, take time this Thanksgiving. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed to say, praise the Lord for my salvation. I want to thank the Lord for my salvation. I read this morning the book of Timothy and he said, I thank God for counting me worthy and putting me in the ministry. I thank God for my salvation. I thank God for uh, the ability I have to serve Him. I thank God for, uh, you can put in there whatever you want, that God should be praised. We ought to praise the Lord. He opens it up, praise ye the Lord, and He closes it down, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. How important it is a command of God, that we should praise Him. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, the first thing, the first step to praising God is saying, God, I see how marvelous you are and I want to give you my life because I can trust you with it because I know, God, that you will change my life for the better and not for the worst. And allow Him to save you for all of eternity with every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Praise ye the Lord. God, I pray 
You'd speak to each and every heart as only you can. God, how important it is for us to give praise. How important it is for us to thank you for your many blessings. God, it's true that the busyness of life oftentimes robs us of the gratitude we ought to be showing you. The advertisements of life often rob us of the joy and thankfulness that we ought to be displaying towards you. God, we all have, every one of us, have more blessings than we could count. Help us to be thankful. Help us to pause. Help us to recognize your goodness to us and help us to praise you for your goodness to us. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person. And Father, if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray that you'd speak to their heart, help them to see their need of salvation. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart.